All right. So listeners, we've got a special guest today. Her name is Heidi McGill or Heidi Gray McGill to all those readers out there. A great author, great book we're going to be talking about today. Heidi, thank you for joining us. Um, I know with your schedule and being on a different time zone, we're grateful that you're here and making some time. Time is precious. And we thank you for that. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that you guys included me. You're welcome. (laughs) Heidi, can you uh, just give us a a quick background on you and, um, and where you're at in your fate today? Absolutely. So I am a Christ follower. I like to use that term simply because it is an actual walk that requires me to do on a daily moment by moment basis. Um, I have been in the church all of my life. I am a pastor's daughter. And so I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, Jesus was real. The Bible was true. It is the inerrant word of God. And there was no question in my mind that this was something I would want to do all of the rest of my life. But I didn't really follow the Savior in my heart until I was about 32 years old. And uh, my heart was, I am a rule follower. Um, I was not rebellious as a child or a teenager. I just always wanted to please my father. And I just learned that I was pleasing the wrong father. When I was 32, I met a young lady who was a brand new Christian from a background I had never experienced before in my life. And she challenged me to really make my faith my own because I was trying to answer her questions. And I learned that it was the excitement of writing Christ on my heart, not just having him in my heart that made me who I am today. Oh, wow. That's So when you say writing, it's it's funny because you're an author and how that kind of goes hand in hand, I think. Uh, How long have you been writing? That's an interesting story all on its own. So I've only been writing since COVID started in March of 2020. I was the founder and director of an English as a Second Language program, and that was my platform to share Jesus. And it was a truly a way to just reach others through my heart just to befriend these women who desperately needed someone who cared for them, genuinely cared for them. When that program closed because of COVID, I had to find something new. And I had been a beta reader, which is someone who is one of the first people that looks at an author's books uh, to make sure that there aren't errors and plot holes and things that need some fixing before they send it out to the to the general public. And I had been on and I thought, I wonder if I can do this. This would be a great way to share Christ. And I just was intentional. Now, Robert, I have to be really honest and say, I nearly flunked college English. Uh, (laughs) This is not my strength, but I knew that I needed to be obedient. And I just truly felt like this was just something that God would have me do. And how can you say you fail mm-hmm. if you're simply following and doing the best of your ability yeah. uh, when God gives you some direction? So I wrote this story. I started in March and I got it on paper. And I have this wonderful sister, three sisters, who listened to me on our summer vacation. And they said, oh, it's a great story. Don't you dare let anybody read it. It is, it's not ready. <laughs> that was the biggest blessing anyone could have ever given me. And so um, I did 
really fall back on some friends and um, just really read some craft books and learned how to write. Um, and then just very intentionally, mm. um, I share the gospel of Jesus without being preachy. Actually, that is more of a challenge than the actual skill of writing. Yeah. Wow. Yes. I mean, everything you said was right on um, with where me and April are. Yeah. So with COVID as well, we that's around the time we started this podcast. J just a little before mm -hmm. COVID hit, we had the idea, but it wasn't until COVID that it really pushed us into going really forward with this. And I guess because what COVID did is kind of get you to rethink your faith and where you stand with God, right? So that's that's where we're at. And and at the same time, also parallel to what you said, is we wanted to be that bridge, um, not the not the Christians that people will learn to hate when you push them up against a wall, but to be uh, loving and caring and and to come at each person personally differently. So. Instead in a of, loving way, in a way that, that, you know, really speaks to who Jesus is, you know, because you get a lot of people on either side of, you know, people that don't have anything to do with Christianity. And then those that are so entrenched in it that you get that saying the Christianese talk, right? <laughs> and so they're like, what are they saying? What does this mean? The, you know, the yeah. living water and like, you know, and so we wanted to be ones that would come in between and be like, you know what? Christians aren't that bad and we're here for you and we love you. And that's kind of why we started this whole thing for sure. And so I love that you did that in 2022. It was like, it's like God just calling these Christians to come out and speak up and say what, you know, what the Bible is really about. So, so I never talked about education. I never finished high school, so I don't have very much education. And I, I know it could sometimes make you feel like you can't accomplish certain things because of the lack of education. But I mean, I think, I mean, we're fine. I'm fine. Me and April here with uh, where we are at in life and education doesn't really play a part in that. It's more of a, I think, and I think this might be true with you taking that leap of faith, um, getting, <laughs> becoming an author and then us be, uh, going into podcasting. Uh, you put the doubt aside which, you know, that comes from Satan, that doubt and that voice and just trusting in God and, and going for it. Would I be correct to say that about Absolutely. you? Or? And my, what I was going to say is, what do we have to lose? <laughs> it doesn't, even if we don't meet the expectations of others, we met the expectation of knowing that we did what was called, we were called to do. Yeah. And, and i will not likely ever be the next Francine Rivers, but that's not my goal. <laughs> I want to reach one person. Yeah. I want someone to read one book and to say, you changed my heart. Exactly. That's, that's all I, my goal is, yeah. you know, everything else would be icing on top of the cupcake. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's what I think I love. Cause I'm, as you know, I've been trying to kind of get into the writing scene while I'm starting to, and, and, and that's the kind of encouragement, you know, it is taking that leap of faith and being okay with, you know, you're going to get some, some no's, you're going to get some issues, but knowing that you're doing it because that's what God wants you to do. Like that's right. the biggest thing. That's the motivator that should be behind, be behind any yeah, author. I think really. Yeah. What uh, we have to, and, and I did, and we did to pray about this stuff. And I've, I've come to learn and I'm, I'm still, I, I would call myself a fairly young Christian, but 
I've learned in prayer that it's not half of it is talking to God and the other half is listening. <laughs> and I think so many people just talk to God, talk to God, uh, thank him or ask him for whatever it may be, but they're not listening, you know, and you got to silence your, your spirit and just, <laughs> and, and, you know, and he's going to talk to everybody differently <laughs> and you got to understand, uh, I guess, learn what that is. Mm -hmm. And Robert, did you read my first book? Because you I, just said exactly what I just. <laughs> I, is that true? I, I do. I do oh, not read. Yeah, I... Yes. So April, okay. I've got to tell April you. April is the reader. Here. Oh man. So my my the very first book that I wrote was Desire of My Heart, and the purpose the well not purpose what they tell you to do when you're writing is write what you know, don't try to do something new. Just just write what you know. And so there were a couple criteria for me. Um, it needed to be historical. It needed to be in an area that I understood. It needed to be in a time frame where I didn't have to do a tremendous amount of um, historical resource research. Like, mm -hmm. had I done it in the center of the Civil War, I really would have needed to know my dates and places. Yeah. That yeah. would have been very important. Yeah. I didn't want to get sidetracked. I had a story I needed to tell. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, created this character. Her name is Grammy. And she is exactly what you're talking about. And she helped Rachel learn, who is the main character, learn that process of talking to God. And this is what I think so many non-Christians especially, but sometimes Christians as well miss. We can yell at God. We can say, no, I am not happy. This, this was not my expectation. I'm not sure that this is what uh, you really had planned, and I don't see how you're going to make this work. <laughs> We are allowed to say those things to God, but then his requirement as, of us is to still trust and believe that he's going to work his way, the way through this. Mm -hmm. And Grammy teaches Rachel in this story how to be quiet mm -hmm. and simply listen. And it is not something that can be learned overnight. It is something that comes with years and years of just being mm -hmm. so in tune to God's word and so involved with other Christians and recognizing truth that it becomes second nature. And that character was based on my mother. Uh, my mom was a prayer warrior. Uh, she, uh, she was just something else. And I remember coming home from school on days and watching her being on her knees um, at the sofa, just praying before I got home. And, and it was a, a tool that helps me understand the importance of prayer and listening in those moments uh, of her praying and you seen her kneeled uh like that is it do you did you see it as that she's in a rough place and crying out or was it just in straight worship like what, what did that involve great question i'll give you a really very personal but very good uh, example so I came home one day and my mom was not a real big crier. She was crying pretty hysterically. She was pacing. She was being very, very loud. She was talking to God, but it's not in a tone of voice that I recognized from my mom. She was very, um, she didn't, she wasn't a real big yeller. And I knew, Robert, that something was not right. It was, but my heart did not say to me, Oh man, mom, something's wrong with mom. No, my heart said, my mom needs support. And I remember praying with my mom. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even know what was going on. It ended up being a very serious thing that had happened to my family. 
uh, and she just needed to work through that. Now I want to just take you about eight hours later. I'm going to think it's about eight. Pretty, it was pretty much in the middle of the night. My mom was quiet. The the loud was gone. The tears were not, but there was a change in her spirit, and she became quiet. And even though she was still crying and she could not speak to anyone else about what had occurred, you could see that she had let go the process of praying. She was able to let go of what was necessary to share with God. And now she was in his presence. So to me, it was a worshipful experience, even in the beginning. It wasn't just the experience of at the end where she was quiet before God that was worshipful. To me, it was the whole process because it was a process. Oh yeah. Worship is so much more than just, you know, you always hear of worship as just singing and, you know, that kind of thing, but it, it really is prayer is a form of worship and just laying your heart out to God, you know, that's, yeah, that's awesome, man. And by the way, I will say locked a little faith in you when I first started reading your desire of the heart. I will say that because, okay, so do not give anything away. I know, I know it, but I'm just saying there was a part in there, you guys, that I was like, whoa, and I was just traumatized. So I will just say that you did it in such a way that I was like, this is not supposed to happen right now. I was not happy. Um, but then as I went along and I just, it got, drew me and I'm like, this better be, this better, <laughs> you know, change well, here. I'm glad that you brought that up because April, you and I have something in common. And on this part, it's that same thing. It's a loss. Yeah. We've both dealt with something as a loss and Rachel's loss in that book is very specific, very specific. And I won't give away a spoiler yeah. on that, but my loss that I used as my reference points of understanding how Rachel would have um, felt and to to be able to have enough empathy with my character, my loss was my vision, my health. Yes. Uh, That was my great loss. And so I worked through that process Mm -hmm. in my writing and that truly helped me. Just like, as I know you have been also dealt with some things where you just, you just, you just have a loss and it, it feels like death. So yeah. Heidi, for our listeners that may not know the full story, you're talking about loss. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by that in your sure. life? Yeah. So um, in 2001, I was diagnosed with a rare eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa. It is um, definitely genetic. Uh, thankfully, mine is a sporadic case, and so it has not uh, gone through the rest of my family, children or grandchildren. Um, I'm the only one that just happened to get this gene. What I have is I have lost my peripheral vision, and so I went from having fine vision, no issues at all, to all of a sudden I'm down to 20%, which is in uh, South Carolina is considered legally blind. Actually, in the United States, is considered legally yeah. blind. Yeah, I'm now down to five percent. Mm-hmm. So when I am at a, a distance, um, talking with you at a comfortable level, and I'm looking at your eyes, I cannot see your mouth at the same time. There is not enough for my vision. That five percent won't cover that. If I'm farther away. I can see you. Even now looking at my screen, I can only see one of you at the same time. Mm -hmm. That has given me the gift of allowing that central vision to what I do have left with glasses to be 20-20 in my 
so grateful. So my loss was very difficult because this happened as soon as, as my children were born. And I was so angry with God. Mm. And I said, I will. I, I Why would you allow this to happen to me? Here I am. I'm never going to see my children graduate from high school. I'm never going to see them get married. I'm, and I kept listing all of these things that I was going to miss out on. And Robert, if it was not as audible inside my brain as you and I speaking to each other, I heard God say, seriously, Heidi, <laughs> you do not need your eyes to see any of that. You know, and God just reminded me one time after another that vision is not everything. Would I choose this again? No. Um, and I genuinely pray and ask that the Lord would just give me the sight that I have remaining for many more years. Mm. But um, I still have value. You know, yes. Robert, not having my vision and having to work around it is no different than you not having a high school diploma. Yes. It, it's something. Everybody has something. Some of us, it is very tangible. Some of it is hidden. It's a health thing that everybody looks at you and says, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. You look fine to me. You know, it is, it's everybody has something. People are yeah. dealing with um, abuse, children that are struggling or um, the loss of a child. I mean, there are so many things people are dealing with. Everybody has something. Yeah. This just happens to be mine. And I guess the Lord daily that he gave me something I could handle. Yeah, I like uh, when you said uh, it, you, you don't always see with your eyes. And that makes me think of uh, when Jesus was talking to Thomas, doubting Thomas. <laughs> and, you know, and he didn't believe until he physically put his hand into his scars. And what Jesus told him is uh, really impactful. You know, you believe now because you see me, but blessed are those who who believe and have not seen. Amen. And, yeah. you know, that's what I think about when you say that. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. I love that you said that. It reminded me of, so you're, you, all of us have a thorn in our side. And that reminds me of Paul, which, you know, he had that thorn. We don't know what it was. And, and he kept asking God to say, Hey, can you just take this away from me? You know, but God <laughs> said, no, <laughs> basically he said no. And, you know, and, and that honestly gives me hope with whatever we're dealing with, what you're dealing with, what we each deal with in our own lives it gives me hope to be like, okay, if Paul can, even though Paul was awesome and amazing, if he can do that, you know what? There's hope for me too. I can, I can show my faith in God in what I do and how I act and how I handle a really hard situation, you know? And so, yeah. And that's what I love about, uh, I love about your writing, your desire of your heart. So our desire of my heart, I love that. And I think the listeners will love it too, if they check it out for sure. So is that the book we're talking about? No, no, that's a different one. Yeah, oh, we goodness. got your book back here. And, uh, <laughs> like, that? I, Thank you. It's no secret. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a reader. So that's April's <laughs> apartment. Yeah, this is, this one in the back we've got is Dial E for Endearment. It's great. It's another really great book. And it really, it talks about blindness right and yeah, I don't want to give too many spoilers on that <laughs> but it's really awesome and really fun I really liked Thanks. reading it for sure it was I I ate it up and actually I was reading it as I was dealing with I think I told you this before when I was going through my doctor's appointments I was sitting in there just waiting to be seen and I was reading it and just being like soaking it up because I was just like anything that can get my mind off what I'm dealing with right now you know, and it really did. So thank you for that. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so 
What do you got, dear? What do you want to talk about? Oh, um, well, <laughs> you can look at your little list. Oh, here, I'm good. Go ahead. I, I wanted to say one more talk. thing. <laughs> a lot of what you say, I love talking to another Christian um, and just hearing uh, their story. And when then, and like when you say certain things, you know, I pick up on it. It just reminds me of certain things. And I'm a big analogy person or metaphor. I'm big on that. And I, and Jesus was big on that. And when you said that your vision, you know, you know, I'm sorry that you're going through this, but when you say your vision is getting even smaller and it's like a tunnel and you only see directly, like you can see our eyes, but not even our mouth. And that's really hard to understand for someone who has uh, plenty of sight. But when I think of that as well, I think uh, like Jesus speaks to us, God, God speaks to us in so many ways. And I just think, where is your focus? Like he's telling you, where is your focus? Yes. And maybe tunnel vision focus is what you need. Uh, faith, <laughs> yeah. tunnel vision, faith, you know? Yeah. The yeah. need part's kind of stingy though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but yeah. I remember I was out walking with a girlfriend and there was a huge field and we were walking and I said, oh my goodness, look at that blue flower. And it was one of those itty bitty weeds that's no bigger than, you know, the like the size of a pea or even smaller than that. She said, where? And she had a terrible time finding it because she saw everything. Mm-hmm. That flower was the only thing in my in my view at that moment. Oh, wow. and, and you're right, Robert. Where is our focus? If we are so focused on the distracted effort, distractions. Yes. yes we like oh, one little thing that God is trying to say to us. Oh, wow. I love that. Wow. Ooh, chills. Um, <laughs> I love put, that. Put that in your book. I know, right? <laughs> <Your> next... <laughs> Note to self. Um, but yeah, and that's funny too, because I, like Robert knows, like we have these t- t- this television and I'm like, nope, you can't hang something up next to the television because it's going to distract me. I can't because I'll take everything <laughs> in. Yeah. And so, and so I'm like, you can't, cause my eyes are going to be drawn to that. And he's like, Oh, but it looks so nice. I'm like, I know, but if you want me to see the TV, you have to take all the distractions away. Cause it's not going to, with a book, it's different. I'm literally zeroed in and there's like nothing yeah. you can do to break me from my book. So, um, but when it comes to all the, that wide scope, I guess the panoramic view, it's, it's very easy for me to get distracted. So yeah, I, I get it focused. <laughs> I have a hard time. <laughs> so yeah. Well, and I know we're not going to close at this very moment, but I just want to throw this out here in case I forget. Uh, Heidi, again, thank you for for being on our show. April is inspiring to be a writer, and That's you know that yeah. much. Inspiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does. Did I say it wrong? Yep. I always. Say That's okay wrong. though. That's I'm, my that education I'm here speaking. For. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> but um, she is inspired by your writing and mm-hmm. you as a person. So so you're really helping you really Thank help you. her out there in that department it's true it's well, really true you're gonna make me cry because I'm thinking about her <laughs> oh man well that is pretty funny because that is uh when we both started talking about possibly doing this and being a part of your podcast my first thing was how blessed am I to have met a reader who has such a heart that she's willing to share you know so it goes both ways. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. You know, and, and that faith living out faith, I think, you know, with what I've been dealing with, what you deal with all the time, I just, my heart feels so much more open now than it was before. It was so much more closed, you know, and then 
dealing with this and realizing the impact and the power of God in our life and how he's faithful, even when we're not, right. it's such a relief to know that, you know, <laughs> such a relief. And, and I, and it, and it honestly, I'm in that, I was in that, I've been in that time in my life. In fact, when we were doing, and I, I met you how we met um, via Facebook on a, a group and they were having these big prizes and all this fun stuff that was going on. I was dealing with a lot of struggle and pain. And so I would go on there and I would comment and I try to be encouraging or funny because I tend to always joke as you notice probably. Um, but then it was just like this, just welling of thankfulness to have that focused, you know, Christians that were, you know, coming together and then I could encourage them in whatever way I could. And I was being encouraged and, you know, so anyway, it was just, it's, it's been a really, um, great, great thing for me, I guess, dealing with all this and meeting you guys and you and all the other authors I've been meeting. Yeah. So it's there's some great ones. yeah. What do you got dear? <laughs> I'm good. What do you're you got, good. Dear? Oh, well, um, let me think. Ma magic so, of editing. <laughs> yeah, magic of edit oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So, um, so you had, uh, we had briefly talked about this before, but you had said that, um, you were dealing with things um, where you had to depend on other people. And that was a hard thing for you. Can you go into a little more detail about that? Oh, I have so many funny stories in that book that you have behind you. A lot of those stories are true and they are mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when you do not have a choice and you do have to rely on others for certain things, it does take you down a peg. And sometimes that's yeah. a really good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it also opens your eyes to the fact that there are others who want to serve and they don't know how. We have, my, my father was really, really great at building buildings, raising the money and making sure everything happened on time. He just had a gift. And so that was one of the things that we would do. We would go to the mission field and he would get all of this coordinated. Um, and we had a woman who wanted to go so badly. And so we helped her raise her money. We helped her make sure that she was going to be able to have everything. She had, I think, four cats. Everything was covered at home while she was gone for this week that we were gone. And we were in the, uh, we had gone to Nicaragua and we were, it was in 1976, I think, when the guerrilla warfare was going on. It was a very dangerous place to be. And she was a very fearful woman. And so she went with us. And one of the things that she kept saying is, I don't, I don't know what I can do. I, she couldn't wield a hammer. Uh, she was heavy set. And so the heat was very difficult for her. Um, the, you know, there was no air conditioning. We were sleeping on these um, cots basically. And she learned that she would, if she would clean up the, after every meal, that she was the biggest blessing because there were women who were getting up at four in the morning to make sure that not only breakfast was prepared for all the workers, but that those workers had lunch before the men were sent out to go wherever it was that they were going to work. We had other people who were in charge of us, the children, to make sure that we were doing our schoolwork and staying active and, and doing things that we could with, um, with the children. And nobody wanted to clean. And it was the biggest blessing. She kept thinking, it's not that big of a deal. I'm just washing dishes. But everybody has something. And when you find out what it is that you can do to serve, 
So when somebody sees me struggling and they come up to me mm -hmm. and they say, may I give you some assistance? It's not that I should back off and say, I, I've got this, thank you. No, I'm giving them an opportunity to serve. And sometimes people want that chance. And in today's society, it's like they don't have opportunities. So anytime that we are willing to allow someone to use whatever giftedness they have, whether it be leading me down a road and helping me get to the correct restroom in an airport, or if it were to be someone just to clean the dishes when you're when everybody else is exhausted, you're giving someone an opportunity to serve. And so it, you have to change your focus. Mm -hmm. It's not all about me. It's not that I need help. It's mm -hmm. that I'm allowing somebody else to be blessed themselves by doing it for me. I love that. Yeah. No, I, and... I love that, um, that story you told, because, um, it is exactly, you start finding ways where you're like, how can I, how can I do things that will make a difference, you know, and, and, and show my love of Christ, but, but in a way that's not, because I tend to go overboard as I I've talked with you in the past about, but, um, and so I, I have to like, think and say, okay, how can I do this? It, it forces us to be creative, it, which is exactly what happened with you in 2020. You, you yeah, were creative. Exactly right. <laughs> you know? And so, and I love that because it's like, God's like, okay, I might be shutting this window or shutting this door, but I'm opening this window for you. You just kind of have to point it out and like go through it. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's definitely requires us to really focus in on having faith that God has us. God's got this. Like you said, I don't got this. God's got this for sure. So. Yeah, that's funny. We, we've talked about God. Uh, I've got this thing. Robert used to do that when we were first yeah. together, he would say, I got this. And then eventually he, he changed his, uh, when, I, when I was a little baby, uh, Christian. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, well, actually I really don't. <laughs> Yes. God's got this, not me. So, you know, it's that it's hard though. So when God is doing something in us, when, when he's trying to, uh, going off of what April was saying is it's, you don't want to resist that. And mm -hmm. I, I have, I mean, all my examples, I always have so many examples I come up with, but when like we're knocking on a door, there's something we want in life. And it's like, we're knocking on a door that's locked. And we're knocking and knocking and that like, God, why aren't you opening this door? But if we would take the time to just calm down, look around and see that God is actually standing next to us with another door open. And he's like, this is the door I have for you. Why are you banging on that door trying to open something that is not opening? Not meant you know? to be open. So that's that whole, um, for one, stop and listen. It goes back to when I was talking about praying. We got to listen. You know, we want, we want, we want, we ask, and um, but are we really listening? And when you don't truly listen, we can create our own doors, kick down our own doors that <laughs> the ones, the ones that weren't meant for us. Mm -hmm. um, but but when you just have that faith and uh, just trust that you know we don't know what's on the other side of that door, just but he's he's the one that opened it, so I'm just going to go through it. Mm -hmm. You know. Right. And that, Robert, that's kind of important. Um, that's a hard thing to explain to someone who has not either um, asked Jesus to be a part of their lives um, or has not experienced um, truly asking and expecting God to answer. Mm -hmm. That is, I find that that sometimes when you are saying, um, when you are praying, you're asking God, what would you have me do? Mm -hmm. 
that it, it is a very difficult thing to explain to someone that it's not this magical um, feeling. It's not this voice in my head. It's not this, it, sometimes it is a logical understanding or a very illogical understanding. There is no way that this is going to work unless God is in it. Yeah, exactly. There's, it's just absolutely not possible. But I feel like this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move forward. And if I, if I get resistance, then we pray again, we start that process. It's a constant thing. It's, you know, um, it's not like a TV preacher who asks God for something and everything just falls into place. (laughs) Only in the movies. I can think of a few of those (laughs) you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, you know, as us being uh, Christians, that's what we do in life. Uh, You said it's hard for some people to understand. Well, we help, we, we, um, it's all up to God and, and, and the person, whether they accept it or not, but it's also our job to mentor and to, and to help where people have struggles and, and be there for them and do what yeah. we can. So when those questions arise, you know, well, and a lot of the time when you can't be and talk to them, you do it by the way you walk in your faith. Right. Yeah. And so they see you, they see you're supposed to be that light on a hill to the people that, um, don't know Jesus. And so they're like, why are they different? How are they dealing with all this stuff? And yet they're still, you know, managing, they're still seeming to thrive. Like, what is that? You know? And, and so, you know, that at, like we talked about evidence yeah. of faith, that's how they see it in us is we're right. walking in it. You know, we're going to struggle and we're going to battle. We're going to yell at God and we're going to, you know, just, you know, rail at God sometimes, but it's about, I guess, how you get back up and how you lean on him in those moments and be like, I might, be it's a dysfunctional family right now going on but i still love you you know yes so this is one of the things that i didn't understand when i first started writing that i now love about the writing process we live in a world of faceless book and instagorgeous we allow people to see what we want them to see and so april you're exactly right we do need people to see how we walk that's not always exactly the truth of what we're how we're walking you know when you go to work you put your best foot forward you you don't bring junk from home to work when you come home it's pretty much the same thing you trust your family and you love them enough to be able to say had a rough day but they don't need to do you know the day-to-day uh, blow by blow hour by hour mm-hmm. when you are writing a book you give a reader an opportunity to connect with a character that they say that is like me and you give them an opportunity to walk through a process that they may never have taken the time to see someone else do for whatever reason. It could be that they have preconceived ideas, uh, prejudices, um, you know, something from their past that is keeping them from um, seeing you as the person that you are. But in a book, those are gone. Everything is, this is the person because this is how we've established it. That's, it's, that's the slate that we've started with. And so when I take Rachel through this process of um, she has, um, she just is the girl that's going to do it on her own. She keeps asking God and then she just still does it on her Mm -hmm. own. She does not take the time to stop and listen to God's reply. She just moves forward. And so I walk her through this journey of meeting Grammy and learning to listen getting to the bottom, absolute bottom, where she never thought she was going to be able to pull out. 
and walking her through the process of coming back to a new renewed life and a new renewed relationship with Jesus Christ. I didn't do all of that with scriptures and, and lots of, of um, preaching. I did that with a walk of a journey, just like April, when you and I, we're together and we're going up to lunch and I'm watching how you um, interact with your children and how you speak to them. That is how I'm able to see how you are sharing the love of Jesus. That is, and it's how I can see at your walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. But if you and I are not together, we're on opposite ends of the, of the yes. United States. We yes. can't necessarily do that. Mm -hmm. And so we have, we have Facebook to see each other. Mm -hmm. But what a book does mm -hmm. is it takes you through that character's journey. It doesn't feel like it's pointing a finger. It's mm -hmm. walking you through and you have the opportunity to process mm -hmm. and see how is someone getting to the other side mm -hmm. of being just gloriously yes. renewed in their faith mm -hmm. and and coming to an understanding and and I believe that there is an, a, a really unique way that books are able to do that because you mm -hmm. can put them down you can think about it and I love it mm -hmm. I close a book and that character sticks with me oh yeah and I, I know that I, I, it's almost like they've become a friend because mm -hmm. I've walked their journey with them. Yes. And so my goal as a doctor is to walk that journey with, with the reader, mm -hmm. making it as broad as I can. So everyone understands, but making it as individualized as I can. So mm -hmm. they truly, beyond a shadow of a doubt, understand who Jesus Christ is. And it takes them into a newer relationship with him. You turn it personal, like you straight up turn it personal. And that's what's so awesome about it. And one of the many books I've read lots and lots of books, um, Christian inspirational books. And what I, I've always loved is that you can see their thoughts, what they're thinking, what they're struggling with. And that is what appeals to me. I'm like, okay, these are people that, you know, they are battling this out just like I am. And, you know, it's that personal touch that makes it so important because yeah, if we're like on the outside and we're just seeing like that, like you're talking about with Facebook, you know, everyone posts their best pictures and, you know, even though like who knows how long it took them to get that best picture, like an hour, you know, um, and, but in, in the books that, you know, the appeal, like your books, it's that messiness that appeals. It's the messiness of life. It's the intimate, um, personal moments in there that, that make it so that we want to get and delve into there and be like, okay, all right. If this person's dealing with this, I'm dealing with this. I'm not crazy. You know, this is right. This is doable, right? This is doable. And so it's just, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, I see a lot of importance in that because what April was saying that whether it's Facebook or social media or just, or whatever it may be, magazines, tabloids, whatever you see, uh, we only see a glimpse yes. uh, of, of someone's life. And it's usually the best. Yeah. Books and, 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 <laughs> unless it's one of those other magazines that have all the drama, mm -hmm. but you know, we you, won't say those. <laughs> you, you see the best, but it's what is really going on in their life behind that photo behind that, that happened before it and after it. Mm -hmm. And, but when we see this perfection, when, when people see this perfection in photos, it, it makes you think that you have to strive more mm -hmm. to be like that. And it, it could bring that person down, you know, well, what, look at my life and, and look at theirs. But once they know, like with your writing, Heidi and, and, and everything else, once, when people see that this is real and I'm like April was saying, I'm not the only one it's um 
it's so much more encouraging. They don't feel so much alone and, and it uplifts people. It's kind of like you're giving the, the God aspect because God sees the whole thing. He sees the whole thing, the whole picture. And so when we're reading these books, not that we should be like, you know, try to be like God per se as in be God, but it, it gives you that inside view into the hearts of the characters. And so you get to see the whole thing. So you're like, well, on the outside, this person looks kind of bratty and <laughs> mean, but then you see their insecurities and their struggles. Yeah. You know, and that's what's so cool is about walking in faith and evidence of faith is that it doesn't have to be a clean walk. It's not going to be, there's going to be stumbling and there's going to be, you know, leaning on people and there's going to be, you know, like you were saying about your mom, you know, just God, just like, what is going on? And that's okay. And that's what appeals to people. Well, we are going to wrap it up here because we are at a limit. So, but again, we do appreciate your time, appreciate you coming on. And um, so we'll share some links if it's okay. We're going to share some links that will help some of our viewers find you. Yes. Check out Readers, check out Desire of My Heart by Heidi Gray McGill. Woot! And the other one, Dial E for Endearment. <laughs> it's, those are two really great reads and be prepared to have your heart pulled in there. <laughs> Beth, for thank sure. you, <laughs> well, April, I, I appreciate again that you took the time to reach out to me and it was just like an instant friendship. We just had yes. such connection and I'm yes. so thankful that you were vulnerable and very transparent, even at a party. And I know you say you were being silly, but the truth is, I just remember that it was just so easy to connect with you. And so <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being that way. It just really blessed my heart and Goodness, Robert, you're doing a great job. I think that <laughs> what you have set out to do is truly God-honoring. And um, I will just continue to pray that you will reach the one that needs to hear this more than me. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, you have a good night and we thank you. And I'm sure April will stay in touch. Absolutely. And, yes. and hopefully- Road uh, trip. <laughs> hope, hope, <laughs> you got it. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a long road trip. Hey, it'd be fun. <laughs> and hopefully sometime down the road, maybe we can do this again. Yeah, that would be lovely. Thank you. All right, thanks. All right, talk to you later. Bye. 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 If you like what you heard, click the follow button and don't forget to hit that bell so you never miss a new episode. You can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. The links are provided in the description below.